Good afternoon, my name is Mandy Beans, Principal Audit and Assurance at CPA Canada, and I'm pleased to welcome you to the special CPA Canada podcast. Today's podcast will discuss various considerations that practitioners should be aware of when deciding whether to offer wealth management services to their clients. After listening to today's podcast, you'll gain a further understanding about the following. First, identify what wealth management services entail and what type of qualifications practitioners need before being able to provide wealth management services to their clients. Second, review over which type of client profiles might be beneficial for CPA practitioners to approach to offer wealth management services and how practitioners can execute their transition to providing wealth management services in their practice. And finally, three, learn about what general restrictions practitioners need to be aware of in regards to providing wealth management services in Canada. On behalf of CPA Canada, it's now my pleasure to introduce today's panelists who are part of this special podcast. Our first panelist is John Waters, CPACA-CFP-TEP. John is currently Vice President, Director of Tax Consulting Services at BMO Wealth Management. John joined BMO Wealth Management in 2007, following 13 years at international accounting firm PricewaterhouseCoopers, where he led a team of tax professionals in the High Net Worth Planning Group in downtown Toronto. At BMO Wealth Management, John has strategic oversight of the tax consulting team, seasoned tax specialists who support BMO Wealth Management advisors and their clients by advising high net worth professionals and families on practical and informed tax and estate solutions. Drawing on more than two decades of tax planning expertise, he acts as a trusted resource, leading high-level planning discussions, presenting tax seminars, and writing timely commentaries on emerging developments in this field. Our second panelist is Joseph McAuliffe, CPACA. Joseph is currently the National Tax Leader Financial Services for KPMG in Canada. Joseph leads the financial services practice nationally for the firm and has a dedicated specialization in financial services taxation, serving clients in banking, wealth and asset management, private equity, capital markets, and broker-dealer taxation matters. In addition to leading the wealth and asset management tax practice, Joseph also advises clients on tax accounting and tax risk governance matters. During Joseph's career, he has also practiced outside of financial services in the resources, power and utilities, life sciences, and technology industries. Our moderator for today's discussion is Jeff Buckstein, CPA, CGA. Jeff is an Ottawa-based journalist who has contributed numerous business, accounting, finance, and other topical articles to several Canadian newspapers and magazines, including The Globe and Mail, National Post, Ottawa Citizen, CA Magazine, CGA Magazine, The Bottom Line, and Canadian Money Saver. Please join me in welcoming our panelists to this podcast. I'll now turn it over to Jeff to begin today's discussion. Okay, thanks very much, Mandeep. Um, John and Joseph, it's good to speak with you again. I'm going to be addressing my questions to each of you in alternate order, but I want both of you to feel free to join the discussion and add anything you like to any question. The questions are divided into three categories. The first set of questions will define wealth management. The second series of questions will cover the theme 
executing the transition to providing wealth management services. The third theme and final couple of questions will deal very generally with the potential compliance and legal issues that CPA practitioners providing wealth management services may need to consider. So I'll start with wealth management, and I'd like to ask John, please, how would you define wealth management services if a CPA practitioner running a small and medium-sized practice wished to provide wealth management services to certain clients, what would those services entail? Yes, thank you, Jeff. Uh, wealth management services is, I, I think, a very broad term and probably has a different meaning to different people. Um, I view it as something very holistic. Uh, I, I think of you know things that you want to accomplish in your life with your family uh, financially and how can we help you achieve those goals so to me it encompasses investment advisory and other financial services uh, it's very consultative very bespoke also would include tax and estate planning uh, legal issues business advisory and succession and insurance and how all of these uh, different forums would uh, impact these these broad life and financial goals that you've established. All right, thank you. Uh, Joseph, how might a CPA practitioner providing wealth management services structure those services to provide his or her client with a holistic financial plan? Thanks, Jeff. In terms of just building on just the last response, you know, obviously the biggest point of, of providing wealth services, which is a very broad category, is ensuring you understand your client at large. And I think, you know, knowing your client is probably by far the, the deepest and most important aspect of providing a, a comprehensive service. So I think in that regard, a synchronized plan prepared by a practitioner certainly needs to cover all of those aspects which were pointed out particularly in order to ensure that the whole financial picture of an individual, uh, not only today, but also working towards the various goals, which each ind independent person will vary depending on you know, marriage, children, taking care of elderly parents, those types of things, uh, as well as the complexity of the individual itself. So I think, again, as I would point out, it starts with a very open and honest discussion. And obviously, the more genuine the conversation, the more essentially the planning and advice that's offered certainly would be of ensuring there's a comprehensive undertaking to cover off the overall financial well-being of the individual. So, I mean, in a nutshell, at a very high level, that's that's pretty much what I would, would say is, is, is how a CMP practitioner would probably undertake such services in developing a comprehensive financial plan. Okay, thank you. Uh, this question is for John. Does an SMP practitioner, small and medium-sized practice practitioner, require specific qualifications such as licensing before providing wealth management advice to his or her clients? And if so, what would those special requirements be? Yeah, the short answer, Jeff, is yes. There would be certain licensing requirements to practice wealth management, but it really all depends on what sort of services are being offered by the practitioner. So, for instance, the use of the title as a financial planner is restricted in certain provinces in Canada. To sell insurance, you need to have a license. To, to provide legal advice, you need to be a lawyer. So these 
types of qualifications would be necessary depending on what type of services are, are being provided. So I think the best recommendation is for a practitioner to know their limits, to know their specialties, and to seek the regulations and consult with lawyers or other regulators to understand what types of services sort of go beyond their qualifications and to think more broadly about working with other professionals that practice in these areas to provide that wealth management. All right, uh, Joseph, how could a practitioner get started in this field? Well, I think fundamentally speaking, the skill set that's necessary for a practitioner to provide comprehensive and sound advice certainly can build off of the CPA qualifications that an individual has. But again, depending on those types of services that one is interested in offering, certainly plays to other credentials that a practitioner should either undertake to to be competent in providing such services or engage other professionals in the team as well in order to serve the clients in the most effective manner. So for instance, what I would point out is, you know, obviously tax and estate planning is a big criteria uh, regarding obviously the advice that gets incorporated into the overall financial plan, as well as having it to the extent those services are to be provided, any sort of qualifications that stay on track the regulatory rules and providing investment advice. So if you think about the skill sets that come up or are part of a holistic and comprehensive financial plan for an individual, does involve numerous parties, and really an SMP needs to focus on what they do best and what qualifications uh, particularly they're able to provide and serve their clients' best interest. Okay. Now, I wanted to move to the second series of questions, which will be the the heart of today's questioning, under the theme of executing the transition to providing wealth management services. And I'd like to start with uh, John, please, and ask, what type of clients might an SMP practitioner approach to offer wealth management services? For example, would higher net worth clients or clients with a more complicated portfolio be high on the list to prioritize? And if so, what criteria might the SMP practitioner use to define his or her high net worth clients? And what might a complex client portfolio look like? Yeah, Jeff, I think the answer is is yes, that we probably would want to focus on higher net worth clients or clients with more complicated portfolio. I always think of the the 80-20 rule where you're looking at your your clients and you've got probably 20 clients out of, say, 100 clients or 20% that provide the the bulk of your revenue. And uh, these would be the clients, obviously, that you would want to focus on. They're, They're probably more complex. They're probably your best relationships. But you'd also look at the types of questions that these clients are asking you or the discussions that you're having. And it can be quite apparent that you are that trusted advisor and they're going to you for other sort of broader questions beyond just tax planning or or, or sorry, the tax returns or or doing a a notice to reader each year. Uh, Also, family dynamics, of course, would enter into it and more complicated um, family scenarios or, or thinking about transitioning to next generation, things like that. Obviously, business owners are great clients to to uh, provide wealth management because there's that added dimension of not only obviously their personal affairs but their business affairs and trying to commingle the, the two. In terms of complexity, obviously as, as wealth grows, complexity grows. So these are the types of uh, clients that you'd like to look to, to build those wealth management services with. 
Okay, Joseph, what are some of the key wealth management issues that an SMP practitioner needs to address with his or her high net worth clients? Well, depending on the complexity of the, the high net worth individual, there's, there's quite a few issues that need to be obviously looked upon. Investment management clearly is, is an important aspect of the strategy overall. And that can vary depending on a number of different scenarios. Again, what types of investments they hold, are they domestic, are they foreign? And other sort of aspects that obviously can have a more international type element to it, depending on individualized information of when that individual is a resident or a citizen uh, for that matter, and also the types of investments they hold overall. Additionally, cash flow and debt management is also very important as well, because some of those issues certainly will impact not only the day-to-day cash flows that an individual has today, but also in striving to achieve the financial plan in a long-term fashion with a lot of consideration, as was pointed out, with tax planning and other areas that effectively would be compliant with the tax laws or the existing other aspects in related to interpersonal and family matters that exist. I was also going to add to that, taking into other considerations, both planned and, and contingent, certainly legacy planning and major life events are also very important. For instance, if an individual is divorced, subsequently has children from prior marriages or in a future relationship as well. So there is a myriad of complexity that also exists there as well that can obviously make fundamentally the types of issues that you are addressing for your high net worth clients somewhat more important to ensure they're incorporated into the overall financial service you're providing. Okay, John, I wanted to ask if you could please provide an example of the type of wealth management advice that an SMP practitioner might provide his or her net worth client. This is sort of a holistic question to say, if you had a client, what type of overall advice might you package to provide them? Yeah, so as I alluded to before, I I view wealth management as a question of what do you want to accomplish with, with your wealth? So there are many goals that our clients would have in terms of wealth management. And I think things like education planning. So you've got a client with children or perhaps grandchildren that are at a young age and thinking about next steps in terms of their future and goals-based education planning obviously would be one thing. Retirement cash flow planning. So obviously many clients are are thinking longer term and and wanting to make sure that they're going to have enough income or or funds to support them during the rest of their lifetime and and the goals that they have for that. So thinking about when to retire and and, uh, do I have enough money to retire? Obviously very common. And then also with business owner, common type of planning is around exit or sale planning or, or transitioning to the next generation and, and all the different you know tax, estate, succession, insurance, cash flow planning, all, all those things that encompass that type of planning. Okay. Joseph, is there a client profile for whom an SMP practitioner might prefer not to approach about expanding his or her services to cover wealth management? Well, I think that's an interesting question. And I think primarily because, you know, depending on, again, someone's skill set, I think that's really the comfort level that would drive or dictate the type of clients you would want to service. I mean, clearly, when one enters into taking on any client engagement, it's also important to understand who the client is and to determine whether or not client acceptance procedures would be typical 
example of any engagement CPA, for example, would possibly undertake from a reputational and other sort of matters that exist. But certainly understanding what the client needs and whether you're the right person in the team to add those services is certainly, I think, one of the fundamental, at least professional requirements for being a CPA in order to determine the types of clients that you're able to service. All right, John, what are some of the pros and cons associated with providing wealth management advice that a small and medium-sized practitioner needs to be aware of? Yeah, well, certainly the, the pros, I think, are, are quite obvious. The, the, the goal here is to, to build that relationship with your client, to become that client's trusted advisor to the point where they, they won't do anything without consulting with you. And, and um, you know, you'd be there as their trusted advisor, very loyal to you, and you're providing general oversight and directing to specialists as necessary whenever they have big life or financial decisions that they need to make. So obviously to become that client's center of influence and, of course, you know, potentially increased fees as a result of the more work you're doing with that client. I think the, the cons would be probably obviously increased time being spent. These are broader conversations, so there might be an issue of how to recover that additional time, how you bill for that additional time, and, and you're not necessarily providing a, a product, so to speak, in terms of a completed tax return or a notice to reader, but rather a, a service in, in terms of the consulting that you're doing for that client. And obviously, just to be wary, as I mentioned before, about the limitations on your specialties and the potential need to involve others when the questions that your client's asking or discussions that you're having are outside of your area of expertise. Okay, Joseph, I want to elaborate on a point that John made. How might providing such wealth management services enhance the SMP practitioner-client bond? Well, I think obviously, you know, whenever somebody is engaging with a client, there's different levels of, obviously, relationships. Certainly, the the biggest point of of a relationship that involves financial planning is very honest and frank discussion. And I think, you know, in order to have and provide those services, you need to have a deep bond and trust relationship client. Not only that they're being forthright in providing a lot of very personal information to yourself, but also in terms of making sure they understand that, you know, you're serving and acting in a fiduciary responsibility for their best interest. So when you think about that very nature of that relationship and the type of exchange of information and services, it certainly would go beyond a traditional, you know, let me do your tax return this year for purposes of meeting your tax compliance aspect, because, you know, you're understanding what your client is literally from a a life goal perspective trying to achieve. And I think that certainly goes well beyond some of the more ancillary services that you might provide on a day-to-day level. I do think it does make the relationship certainly much more deep uh, and certainly providing what all of us try to, to strive for, a trusting relationship. All right. Well, thank you. John, are there instances where an SMP practitioner should be referring his or her clients to experts in other fields to provide complementary wealth management related services that he or she cannot? And if so, who are those other experts? Yes, uh, the, the answer is, is absolutely. As I said earlier, I mean, you can't be everything to everyone and you, you've got to be humble and show humility and know your limits and know your areas of expertise and recognize that um, you can't do everything. And uh, sometimes it may be 
you're taking the lead on the wealth management and you are sort of directing and overseeing other specialists that you bring in, or perhaps you're working in tandem with those on the same client. I know in my role at Nemo, we're focusing obviously on investment advisory and, and looking at financial planning and, and cash flow planning. And we're bringing in experts within our firm, but also we're working very closely with accountants and lawyers that are the external advisors for our clients. So we're obviously very respectful of the relationship that they have with their clients and the history and the relationship that they've built up over the years and certainly respect their role as an advisor and want to bring them into the fold and have those uh, broader conversations. In terms of those other experts, well, obviously investment advisors, lawyers, estate planning specialists, even other tax experts. I, I certainly take note that the tax is, is very varied and there's, say, U.S. tax or cross-border international or shred tax or commodity tax, M&A types of tax. So those are the, the experts that often need to be brought in to delve further into some of those issues but also insurance experts and philanthropy with certain clients that have charitable goals. So certainly quite a myriad of specialists that could be involved. Okay, Joseph, how might an SMP practitioner then adjust his or her role to successfully fit into that new team environment? They're not the only one that, so they know that they're not the only one providing those professional services now. I think at the end of the day, you know, having a solid network of trusting professionals that you know will provide the best service and serve your clients in the same manner as you do as well, I think is, is, is highly important. So, I mean, that's the best way. I mean, there's no one size fits all in terms of how to make sure you build a team that fits into that overall dynamic. I think it's just making sure you're bringing together a solid network of the individuals that were mentioned, the professionals. And clearly, if you're able to bring in the right individuals and your client certainly sees the value and understands the reason for such a comprehensive team complement, depending on the complexity of their financial plan, I think certainly that obviously would hold well, you know, as you being the, the key liaison uh, for your client and delivering those services. Okay, thank you. So I wanted to conclude the discussion today with a couple of questions to just generally go over compliance and legal issues. So John, are there potential legal or provincial regulatory hurdles that an SMP practitioner must avoid and be aware of when providing wealth management advice to his or her clients? Yes, definitely. Uh, Jeff, at a high level, there's a number of things that I've alluded to before. Obviously, it varies depending on the type of specialty and, and the type of advice being provided. But Obviously, you need a license to practice law, to sell insurance, you need the necessary qualifications to be a financial planner, registered with the regulatory bodies to provide investment advice. I mean, these are all types of examples, and obviously, they vary across the country in different provinces. But the short answer is just to be wary of what you're being asked to do as part of the, the wealth management and make sure that you're not getting in areas outside of, of your specialty or, or where you're not capable of providing those services and to know your limits and to reach out to those other specialists that do practice in those areas to help complement the work that you're doing. All right. And finally, Joseph, I'd like to ask, are there special provisions within CPA Canada, such as provincial rules of pro professional conduct, which are very important, which will govern whether and or how an SMP practitioner can provide wealth management advice? And if so, what are those provisions? 
Yeah, it's not it's it's not so much a uh, a specifically targeted aspect of the CPA handbook that deals with wealth management as a whole, but as a CPA designation in its basic form, you know, you're you're just to go over what some of those might be. I mean, your priority is your client's interest. I think uh, it has to be evident in terms of acting in the best interest of the client first and foremost. And also integrity and competence, as was mentioned. I mean, giving advice to clients based on a code of integrity, and I think uh, for all CPAs, that's, that's certainly something that we need to obviously always bring to the engagements you're working on. And ensure you have the right competency to do what it is that you need to uh, do to provide that service or bring the right people involved. You know, acting diligently when handling client information being transparent and ensuring that everything uh, is kept at the forefront uh, with respect to client information and, and contact. Professionalism certainly is obviously fundamentally key because it obviously demonstrates uh, not only client trust, but honesty and fairness. And finally, of course, confidentiality. Any information that's discussed in meetings will always have to be ensured to be confidential and certainly only providing access to such information from authorized parties that are able to provide such. I think fundamentally those types of related code of conduct type activities certainly would be what would embody what a CPA is obviously offering to their clients, not only in wealth management, but to any engagement in which they're involved. Okay, thank you. Well, that concludes the questions today on what CPA practitioners who wish to provide wealth management services to their clients need to know. Uh, John and Joseph, thank you very much for your insightful answers today. You're welcome. My pleasure. We thank Jeff as well for helping to moderate the podcast. And we thank all of you for listening to this podcast. For further information about CPA Canada and our available resources, we encourage you to visit our website at www.cpacanada.ca. Please note, this material is provided for educational purposes only. Although it has been carefully prepared and reviewed, the presenters and the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada, CPA Canada, cannot accept legal responsibility for its contents or for any consequences arising from its use. The materials are meant to provoke and facilitate thought and reflection. The guidance provided to participants in response to these items is not to be interpreted as conclusive judgment on any specific situation and should not be directly applied to other situations.